I'm going to be very candid with you. We are living in a computer program reality. Welcome everyone to Simulation Nation, your portal to all things virtual. I'm your host, Johnny Android, and I'm here to keep you informed about all that's happening in the metaverse. We record our episodes live at Allspace every week, and you can join us from your PC or VR headset, log into Allspace, join our Simulation Nation channel, and teleport in to offer your opinion, question, or whatever else. Today, we have a wonderful guest who goes by a very nice name, Splash Mango, typically, but today it's Jules. It's a whole bunch of different names. She also goes by the name Juliana Lowe, and she specializes <laughs> in facial design and art. She is a VR world builder for social spaces, an XR prototype designer, and an interactive VR artist using Google Brush. Work has been featured in Burning Man VR 2021, which is where actually I was first aware of her work, as well as the upcoming Vancouver Film Festival and the Hawaii Film Festival. Ladies and gentlemen, Juliet Alo or Splash Mango or Jules, give it up for all three. This lady has a lot of personalities and a lot of talent in there. <laughs> Many different. You're joking, so, you're joking. <laughs> well, we're very happy to have you here. I have to admit, Splash Mango is my favorite of all your names. I think it's such a cool name. Actually, I might as well start there. How did you come up with the name Splash Mango? You know, it's really funny. Uh, let's see, what was I doing? I think, you know, you know, when at the beginning, when you're trying to find names, right? You're like, oh, could I be this? Could I be Twilight? Could I be Ducky? Could I be, right? And it was just going nuts, right? And so um, I think I just put a bunch of names together in a hat and I picked up Splash and the next thing was Mango, which I love mangoes, by the way. Thank you very much. And ta-da, I'm Splash Mango. Wow. It was oh, better than that's... Squash Guacamole. So remember that. Great. <laughs> Kind of like William Burroughs, where he used to write sentences and then cut them up and then place them in wrong orders. And that's what his books became after a while. You're kind of, it's like a free association name kind of thing. That's really interesting. It's, like, it's part of the creative process, I guess. You never know what's going to come out, right? Well, well, yeah. And it's also like part of being a word a word nerd and a wordsmith, like being having the respect for, for uh, and faith in the universe that's going to bring you something that that will be a part of you. It just kind of worked out. So I'm slash manga. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so, you know, one of the things before we get started, we, we were uh, originally going to be able to go on a, a world tour with you. However, uh, as we've mentioned before on the show, uh, there was this big update that just happened. And unfortunately, your world no longer exists in alt space. I'm sure you have it on a computer somewhere, but it's just not in world form. Um, so uh, that's unfortunate, but I we are glad that you are here uh, for the interview and we can still talk to you about your processes. And we've got pictures that people can go to our Instagram at the Simulation Nation and see the pictures uh, along with our talk. Um, but I wonder, you know, from your point of view, how obviously that's a little devastating that your worlds are, are sort of dropped. Do you see that there's mm -hmm. a way that they're going to be able to curtail that in the future? Or do you think that all through the metaverse, this is going to be a problem that we're going to have? You know what? Um, so first of all, we can't be precious with our work. I mean, you know, it was a really great, a really beautiful space and avant-garde in so many different ways. But the fun, Johnny, you know what the funny thing is? When the world disappeared, I was not upset. I was, I, I laughed and I went, okay, well, that's just the way it is. The ephemeral nature of all things digital and VR. And, you know, um, what did they say out of 
uh, it's death and decay rises to Phoenix. So, hey, it's just another opportunity for us to make something even better. Well, that's a very optimistic and beautiful way to think about it. I'm not sure everyone feels the same way. They put blood, sweat, and tears for hours and hours <laughs> of work that it's gone. But that is a very diplomatic and a very nice answer. <laughs> so that's, that's great. Well, I mean, yeah. I had my moments of crying, too. Like, I mean, but okay. but really, I really do believe that. I mean, um, that's progress. That's the creative process. I mean, it was really, it was painful in one sense, but it was nice to see it go at the same time, you know, so that mm -hmm. you always got to have the mindset of things are going to change. Uh, builds are going to come up and, you know, maybe not to this level of frequency that we've had, you know, in the last couple of years, but that's just the way it's going to be. And then you're forced to create something even better. Right. That's all. Well, you do. Mm -hmm. You do have backups, though, right? Like, it's not like you you have it in, in on a hard drive outside of space, and so you can you can sort of import it again yeah. if you really had to. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's at least yeah. A, a little bit of a I mean, okay, that's the thing too. Make backups of your work. I've I've heard screaming from Antarctica and and in Jamaica and Boston from everywhere from folks who have lost their work and not had a backup. So you know, <laughs> good point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's go back to the beginning and talk about your origin story and how we sort of found out where your name Splash Mango came from, but we don't know where the artist formerly known as Splash Mango came from. So let's go back to the <laughs> beginning and just talk about how did you get involved in um, 3D art, virtual art, all that kind of stuff? Uh, that's pretty interesting. I think I started a long time ago, like everybody else, uh, appreciating 3D art because I like I looked at a lot of games, right? And I thought, oh, I want to want to create those worlds. And so I I actually went to the Vancouver Film School a long, long time ago and took a couple of courses in um, 3D and thought it was really interesting, but was more attracted to the storytelling aspect um, and the uh, innovation and the collaborative as, um, features of, you know, other other genres in places like in brand entertainment, which offered a lot more variety in terms of using the tools. And then, you know, I did that for a really long time. And then I, it, and then a couple of things happened. Life happens, right? And then I had to step away. Um, some things occurred, like, for example, my I, my parents' house like burnt down. So, you know, yeah. there were a couple of, yeah, it was crazy, right? So, and then, you know, car accidents and house burning down. And, you know, you, you kind of look at like the stress level of things that could possibly happen to you. And I've hit most of them. So, you know, and life throws you a curveball. Then you kind of go, what do I really like the most? Mm -hmm. So my journey was more kind of like, um, more like self-exploratory, like trying to figure out, okay, what is it that's coming up in the new media field that's going to connect with something that you love, you know, that you love when you were a kid, that you were loved growing up, and 3D happened to be the thing, and painting. Um, I've been a fine art painter for almost 25 years, and my mentor, actually, Sim Mendoza, actually um, passed away recently and he taught us to appreciate and love art and um in everything uh is for me it, my my canvas happens to be uh virtual reality right. Hope that answered your question <laughs> well that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty great you know um i mean i love that you were 
felt it feel, felt so free to just be able to do whatever you'd want and follow your views and, and sort of actualize yourself in that way. You know, I've, I've had this conversation recently with someone. So you're, you're in Vancouver, and I do feel like there are a lot of, even if, you, you know, I'm in big in the crypto space, even if you look at crypto, like the, the crypto punks, those were just two guys in Toronto who decided, you know what, I'm going to do what I love. And I wonder if that's uh, in the Canadian ethos a little bit to just more, uh, you know, enjoy life and experience the things that you love as opposed to being in the grind that maybe, uh, you know, mm. us down in America might have. So I, of course, am from Canada. So I feel like and I ended yeah, up do. in not only virtual reality, but film as well. Right. So I yeah, feel like yeah. I, I do you feel like that might be true, that it's something in the culture of Canada that's a little more laid back, a little bit more. Let's enjoy life. Do You feel like that might be true. Well, I guess to our benefit, I mean, I guess in contrast to people living to the United States, um, we have, you know, social welfare, social security, we've got health, you know, benefits and so forth and healthcare. And we don't have to spend every single minute of the day trying to figure out, am I going to be able to afford, you know, going to the doctors or, or, you know, taking me an ambulance ride? Will that, you know, take me out? Um, so we, we do have that benefit. Um, and we've got like a really a lot of funding bodies Like we've got you know, the, the Canadian DGBC and the, the, the Canadian uh, media grants and so forth. So we do have a couple of um, venues that uh, other countries don't particularly have. So, yes. And by the way, you know what? Like six months of winter will drive you stir crazy. And I think that's the reason. Like we run out of bacon. You can't find any moose anywhere. We need some maple syrup, and damn it, we're just going to do something in VR. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Exactly. Although you guys in Vancouver don't really know what winter is, but anyway, we'll leave that for another conversation. Uh, but no, that, that is very <laughs> interesting. And I uh, and, and talking about your art, the, the, the two things that I was struck um, just getting to know your art a little bit is that I, I love first of all that you want to tell stories in an immersive, interactive way, um, and then I love the themes that you sort of deal with, the way that you're you're telling these stories. I'm wondering, you know, what are the challenges of telling a story with images that aren't necessarily always moving, but the care, but us, the audience, are moving around the art? Mm -hmm. What are some of the challenges, or or what are some of the benefits you've found from that? Well, I think you know, like I'm a I'm a user experience person, right? So, and I and a lot of people who have come into my world, if any of you have experienced the tours that I offer, they're pretty in depth. So one of the things that we have to sort of understand, whether it's film or, um, you know, VR or AR, whatever the case, you have to know your medium well, and you have to understand what are the affordances in there? What's it like to actually move around an object, to go through an object? Um, the main thing is what, how does spatial uh, design and creations make you feel like as a inside, because there's such a huge level of presence, right? So, and it, whatever happens within those spaces leaves you with that memory intact boom, boom, in your mind. And in, and a lot of times in your heart, because people think, oh, VR is, you know, you're going to learn a lot of things, but you don't expect to actually feel a lot of things that you've never really connected with in VR. That's a surprise to most people. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I do love, mm -hmm. love that. That was a really good question. Yeah. It's really about the medium and finding out the strengths and the weaknesses. Right. Yeah, and I love also, you know, I think it's on your, your website or maybe your Instagram where it says, I 
We translate empathy, imagination into emotionally meaningful experiences, change, clarity, transformation. That is a really great sort of thesis statement. You want to just sort of unpack that a little bit for us? Because you sort of started to talk about it, but obviously this is a medium that people call an empathy machine. Um, and obviously you're trying to find ways to, to do that. Um, I, I don't know whether I agree with the empathy machine statement, although it has worked very successfully in health-related apps, such as, um, you know, stress-related, PTSD, um, a lot of the educational um, works that we've seen so far. I think a lot of you have, in, in the audience have tried many of them. Empathy, yeah. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move to a different subject that kind of connects, and then I'll just bring it back. How many of you here read poetry? Just Give me some hearts and emojis. Poetry, poetry. How many of you had to um, read Shakespeare growing up? Yeah, some of you, maybe some plays. A little here and there, right? So the question is, you know, did any of those lyrics move you? Because that's what music and language does. It 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 was written a long time ago to describe scenarios and venues that were really um, deeply lodged in your heart, you know. So, so even in so even the poem, like, can anybody recite the Flanders Field poem right now? This is November the 11th, which is mm -hmm. you know Remembrance Day here in Canada, and is it Veterans Day in the United States? <laughs> I don't think they you know have the, they don't have Flanders Fields. Uh, that's a that's a British thing, but I can do it. In Flanders Fields, yes. the poppies grow between the crosses, in row the crosses, on row. Row on row. That's as far as I can get. But and that's pretty. That, that's something. <laughs> place that marks the place. And in this, you know, lark still um, flying by. Um, and though we grow in poppies fields, take up the cross. Okay, so so when you read poetry, right? There's something that awakens within you if it's written beautifully and written well, right? And it's meant to touch your hearts. It's very much like listening to a beautiful song. Like songs like hearken to the old days, say the 1950s love songs, Nat King Cole, right? And then, and then you've got like the big band era of like, um, big band era, Johnny, name a big band era sound. Um, this, uh, you got, uh, Duke Ellington, Duke Ellington, Duke Ellington, right? And then what it does is it connects particular groups to you. So you'd understand, and I'm not going to say oh, the jazz experience in Harlem, right? As opposed to maybe uh, another experience that somebody else might experience, say in the Midwest, you know? And so it brings together, the arts really just bring together like a sense of understanding and, and being able to relate to each other through those like music, sound, words, and uh, and and all of that. And the, the the one thing that's really interesting within poetry and sound is that it has rhythm, right? Even violets are blue, roses are red. My heart is true, and I'm happy to be here. It doesn't rhyme, mm -hmm. but there's a particular rhythm, right? That that you listen to and that you hear and you resonate with. When you connect that you know, with VR, right? And and with any of, of the arts that you're working with, you're able somehow to connect with somebody else 
through a very intimate and shared experience. So, you know, we do this with film. You're a filmmaker, Johnny, right? And they're the beats that you choose, right, are identifiable by the intimate moments, the script, like the language, right, of of filmmaking. So uh, being able to, like, going back to my empathy and, and what how I bring people into my spaces and and how I communicate what it means to be human is divested within that work itself. Um, so that any of you, have any of you come into my world before it, it went away, it went into transition? I know Othello did. A couple of you, right? Othello did. I so, was definitely there, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, so in that place, you were astounded and amazed by the beauty and the awesomeness of that place. But then when some of you came to my tours and I was able to speak and talk to you about um, the meaningful moments captured within the hidden areas, and also when you heard the music, which resonated with your heart, was chosen specifically to uh, resonate with your heartbeat, that's when the connection happened. And that's when you're able to connect with other people and talk within that space without even having to call it a quote unquote safe space. That's how it works. Wow. And so, um, by the way, if anyone uh, wants to ask a, a, a question or or, or uh, have a comment, please, please do use the raise hand option because obviously uh, it's all interactive here. But um, uh, I'm I'm curious. So when you say that with the parts that were uh, connecting with your heartbeat, did you mean there was a rhythm, like an audio rhythm, or did you mean that there was a visual rhythm? The audio is really important, you know, when you're creating anything in VR. So when we were going through you know, which songs to select, we made sure that the rhythm was somewhat um, similar to the kind that you'd feel within a fetus. You know, you, the fetus, you, you'd hear the mother's heartbeat. Well, that's the feel that it created. And a lot of people didn't realize that. Uh, so it, and, and so, you know, a lot of the feedback was, oh my God, it was so intimate. I felt really safe in there. I really like this place. I would like, I would love to come back, bring a lot of people in. And so many things happens within the 99% of, I, some people say your, your subconscious that you're not even aware of. So tackling those particular um, challenges was pretty fun and relied a lot on uh, understanding of psychology. Thanks. That was a good question. Well, yeah, yeah. Thank you. And a great answer too. Um, I, I want to just follow up one more time before we move on to your projects. And I, I'm, I'm curious, you, you've done a number of projects now. You've traveled to different festivals, uh, seeing them, uh, you know, people interacting with them. What do you is the most important skill to have when you're creating a world? Is it the architecture? Is it the, um, the style? Is it, is it the interactivity? Have you found um, sort of, are you starting to build some kind of a, a criteria? Um, it's, it's when you build a world, it's a very individual affair. So, I mean, you in the world, you need your standard bricks and mortar, right? You need your stage, you need your, your walls, you need your, um, you know, your windows and so forth. But within that particular um, 
milieu, genre, uh, there are areas where it's really important for you to put yourself in there. And and what I mean is you you have to love yourself enough. It's kind of corny, but you have to honor yourself in, to the degree that you would understand or and be able to capture pieces, bits and pieces of your own identity, whether that be cultural or background or memories, you know, and then being able to insert some of those particular pieces into the architecture, into the actual fabric of your VR design brings meaning not only to you, but connects you to your audience as well. And one example is that um, my friend Stuart, he loves to let he many things in his life happened around the letter eight. So, you know, his birthday was like, you know, um, December the 8th. And, you know, um, I think he had many celebrations and coincidences come into his life around the letter eight. So he incorporated the number eight into the architecture. Uh, Sidney did the same thing too, as well. So, uh, a lot of the great concept artists are able to uh, inject personal meaning uh, within their own work. And it works beautifully. And it's something that you can talk about and resonate with, not just during the project, but later on. And uh, the reminiscing of the project is kind of where you find your place and story. So that's my advice to all. Wow. That's a lot deeper answer than I was expecting. I love it. It's like it's not just about the colors or the thing. It's something personal to you. It's almost like you know you you started talking about writing. When you're a writer, you want to be able to convey something personal, and the and the reader can sense that. They can sense when you're putting something authentic and true and emotional on the page, and they will then have a feedback loop with that that feels honest and authentic. And you're saying the same thing goes with a 3D virtual world, which is really interesting, actually. Um, so, yeah. So you're you're yeah, you're planting your own DNA in your uh, your worlds, uh, and you think mm-hmm. that that intuitively comes through as something uh, authentic and and sincere. I mean, there's so many different reasons why we create worlds. Like, I mean, if it's just a productive like a product to sell, right? I mean, that's a very different feeling from you know uh, creating an independent project like in film that has meaning and resonance. And you're right, Johnny, people notice that people resonate with that. And when you talk to them, um, they're hungry. This is COVID time. We're hungry for connection and belonging. And we're hungry for um, the ability and the opportunity to communicate to each other in a very real way. So kudos to you who can do that. Got it. Well, if anyone has any thoughts or questions, uh, use the raise hand option. Otherwise, let's jump to some of your projects here. And maybe you can uh, talk us through some of them, some of the personal things and some of the other ideas you had behind them as well. Before we dive into your 3D virtual work, I thought I found this on your website. I was kind of Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And... it's sort of, I think it might be a proto 3D work. Before the times of 3D, we had a cyborg Enviro Tech Warrior. So those are all the things that we love. So I had to put that up there. Ellis, oh my goodness. What's, this, what's this part of I'm your so career? I'm so surprised and... you found that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, you, Johnny, I'm going to get you back. You're great. You're just like, <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, it's really yeah, cool. Is. Yeah, I, this is a very personal piece for me. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, this was a precursor to, to VR environments, and I wanted to create that in, as an augmented reality piece. 
And, you know, playing with some of the structures was really difficult in was it 2018. So we weren't really up to that level yet. And so um, I won uh, a fine art award. It was for, let's um, see, I can't remember what it was. It was just before the, uh, the pandemic occurred. And a lot of my work deals with uh, cyber not necessarily cyberpunk, but I'm looking at, looking at perspectives and, and, you know, everybody knows Escher here, right? So mm -hmm. um, yeah, raise a hand if you know Escher. So I was looking at things and from that point of view and then telling my story of what it's like to live in Vancouver. So you can see in the middle, there is, you know, um, the mountains and the little scapes, mm -hmm. but you know, the woman, you know, she's connected to nature. We, we're, we're struggling so much with the climate change and what's going on over here. And, you know, the heart inside the bottle on the left-hand side, that, that's my dad's heart. Um, we found out that he was having difficulties. And, uh, you know, I put his, his health there and said, okay, you know, we're, we're going to make sure that symbolically we're going to study it and, and help all the people who kind of need some attention out there. And then um, the lady who's upside down um, um, doesn't have a head. She manifests the uh, the uh, reproductive organs uh, of this actual person. If you take that per that puzzle, it's like a puzzle piece, and you know connect her to her around her hip area or within that area, um, it tells a story of birth and rejuvenation, and you know how we got here and what it all means. So my work is very surreal, and this one won an award for, uh, I think, uh, best upcoming. Uh, it was um, it was a, a Asian. Um, I'm Asian, by the way, uh, artist, <laughs> and it was really nice. It was really just a celebration of diversity, which was um, very, very, very much appreciated. I like science fiction. Come talk to me about sci-fi. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I wondered if that was, you know, a connection with your interest in virtual reality and all that. So it seems like even before you were into virtual reality, you were really thinking about the future and cyborgs and our connection with machines and all of that stuff. Those are themes that are running through all your work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I did a lot of games in the past for, uh, yeah, for, for sci-fi worlds and they were fun they were great everybody loves games go play games if you don't <laughs> learn a lot <laughs> absolutely so uh by the way so if anyone's listening to this uh we're gonna have all these slides on our instagram at the simulation nation so please do check them out you you know even these 2d pictures don't do them justice to what the uh, 3d experiences were but at least it's something uh okay so let's hop on to this other one this one's kind of fun, which is uh uh, it's called what Fish in the Sea, and you have a whole huge sea. elaborate mythology about this. You want to tell us a little <laughs> bit about Fish in the Sea? Yeah. Uh, well, I this I just I changed it to Big Orange Fish, and okay, Big Orange Fish came up from a story. I was really getting into musicals during the whole COVID situation, and nobody was calling me, and I felt really sad because I was. One, I was bored, and two, I was kind of getting anxious and depressed. So I thought, okay, fine. I'm just going to make up stories for myself that retell what's been happening during COVID. So that's that. You see that gigantic fish right there? Okay, so the gigantic fish houses all those little bitty fishes. And the little bitty fishes are kind of like us living in our COVID caves. And this fish, the intergalactic fish, 
closes its mouth and takes a pack of them from one city to another so that nobody gets COVID. And um, it's it's a lot of fun. And then when they when they re when this fish reaches the destination, he or she or they opens up their mouth, and then all these little bitty fish come running out, and they've got their instruments ready to play. <laughs> that's really that's really really funny so yeah it's like they're in the mouth but it's a cage of, of safety instead of a cage of uh you know they're being eaten or something like that so that's kind of neat it's kind of twisted on its head and then it's a teleporter that's trans transporting these fish to another part of the city where they can do their art so it's all very yeah. optimistic and, and happy in the end the other one had a little bit more uh um complexity with the the uh i don't know heavier emotions this is a more uh later one yeah i think you can have fun humor is such a really important um yeah um value is it called value a gift a gift to have to be able to look at something and just make something completely absurd from it you know and it kind of helps you to cope and kind of connects you all the people around you and they, they think it's pretty funny too so humor even if you're feeling right. sad humor <laughs> you do have a you do have a playful personality, and I'm sure that the your creativity is allowed to be free if you can if you don't take it too seriously all the time, right? It just allows yourself oh to just God. do the dorky thing, right? And then that <laughs> it'd be dark. To liberate you. Be a dork. <laughs> or dorks oh, speaking of dork, <laughs> Johnny, thank you very much for having me on here. First, I just wanted to say, like, it was so honored. Like when you know Johnny called, I'm like, oh, I get to be on Simulation Nation, yeah. So well, we're, we're, just wanted we're to shout to that one out. Did I shout that out? Uh, thank you. <laughs> we're, just having, we're just having fun up here too. We're so just we're, having we're, fun. <laughs> just having Thanks. fun, exactly. Um, cool. Okay, so here comes another one. This one I think is called a synthesis triad between technology and nature. Sounds a little heavier. So tell us a little bit about this one. This one's really interesting. Oh yeah, you know, um, you, you know, people ask me, hey, is is creating anything in Teltbrush difficult for you? And the strange and funny thing is when I first, how, who who here has tried Teltbrush? Anyone? You can put your little Looks emoji. Like Cornelius has, Rollbot has. Yeah, some of you, right? It's And people look at me and go, what the heck is this? How do you even do anything in here? <laughs> and I'm like, right. yeah, because there's no, there's no starting points. Basically, it's like trying to make art with, with ribbons. I'm like, does that make sense? No. Um, but the weird thing is like when I actually picked it up because for some weird reason, I was able to create something. And I did this six months after I picked up um, Tilt Brush. Uh, from the very first time I, I, I tried it, I was drawing Batmans. So I was like, hey, um, I was half sculpting and half painting. And so um, and it's really neat because I do a lot of like nude drawings. So by the time you're done, like I've been doing it for 20 years. So by the time you're you're practically sculpting the muscles and the and the form in using tilt brush. So you're not really painting and you're not really sculpting. You're kind of doing both, and hmm. it's not it's it's really it's not easy. But yeah, I did this um, as a as a way to to talk about the triad, which I call the triad, the relationship between um, nature and human and technology. And I talk about that a lot because I think mm -hmm. we have a huge responsibility to, you know, up health, up, you know, some of the, some of the values that's going to take us forward into 
a sur- mm. more of a survivor mode. Mm. Success. Right. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. Yeah. And if you I notice think... something, I make sure. Oh, sorry. No, no, please oh. go ahead. Uh, they're all different nationalities. Da-da-da. I call mm. the woman in front is a French Canadian. And yeah, and then he, you, whatever the, the case. And it's really important to have representation. Thank you yeah, for absolutely. asking that question. But I do love, I do love your hair. Your skin is purple in here, so you've got you're representing the purple people today. I uh, I love that we can do that in, in VR, <laughs> just sort of invent new things. Um, so I'm curious, you know, I, I is there a place where people can actually go and walk through this in 3D? Because it's you you haven't uploaded these to AltSpace, so where do where are able people able to see these or experience them? Yeah, we're working on that right now, and. Most likely, we're going to be uploading them up as AR, augmented reality, mm-hmm. so that we can you'll be able to place this anywhere you want. So we're kind of excited about that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, scale it as big as you want and or little. Right, right. So you could walk through it. They could be towering over you, or you could be. They could be miniatures, and you could be walking through it. That would be incredible. Um, yeah, really I, I'm kind of really. Um, I'm a real, like, uh, if any of you have been to my worlds, they're, they're really detailed. And so I love Easter eggs. Is it like, does everybody else love Easter eggs? Yeah. <laughs> um, of course. So everybody knows there's, there, there's something to be hidden. There's When you make your worlds, when you do your work, make sure, right, you keep something for yourself so that, you know, it gives you that sense of any time that you can go into your world, you can always do that little giggle. Like, I got a magic secret in here. Nobody knows. <laughs> nice. Cool. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's move on because I think that you do have some of the, your later work is it, it has been shown and has been seen places. So this is um, the, you can tell us about this one because this one's an important one to you. Uh, yeah. This was um, well. First, I I bit I did created the bear for um, another project in Mozilla Hubs. So WebXR, like if you're doing VR or AR, keep abreast of the of the programs that are out there because you never know which one that you will like the most or that's going to connect with your project or your audience. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this one was part of Jingleville. Um, some of you have come to Jingleville. It, it's got uh, interactables by Nira. Everybody knows Nira. Mm-hmm. And she's been really wonderful in, in giving us some things. Oh, that's somebody. Um, yeah. And so um, this one was featured as a BC showcase in the Vancouver International Film Festival, along with Awaken the Giants. So I was really, really proud of this piece. It was the very first piece that I created with my friend Nicholas Liang. And so we did this in response to the, you know, the depressing times last year during COVID, because nobody actually put up any lights. And it was kind of, you know, we didn't know whether, whether we were coming or going. Nobody knew what was happening. You know, even now, people are not quite sure. And so we did this to make people happy. And the one, the one interesting thing is um, Greg Edwards, who, like, you know, he's the creator of, of Burning Man. So he mm-hmm. he shared with me that when he first saw this world, he jumped in and, you know, he was in the middle of whatever he was doing. He said mundane tasks. And he jumped in and he said, oh, my God. This was really cool and made me feel I was in a different place and it brought magic. Wow. So, yeah. Amazing. And that's, yeah. And then, you know, 
we got to be friends after that. But it was a really nice thing to hear because, you know, what you're doing is you're not just making a world. You're let's look for the the bigger aspiration, which is you're you're helping people to find a dream, or you're helping people to escape, you know, or you're helping them to reflect on something that they may be going through that's difficult. So what you do matters, and I really want to let you know that. Cool. And then I think also you. Uh... On your website, there was something about a workshop that you were helping run or you were being involved with. Um, and was that you were involved with all the different workshops or you were involved with one portion of them? There were some really interesting topics that, that I was curious how much of that you were involved with. Uh, I run several workshops, I think. So the one last last weekend I was involved with, I was one of the uh, UX mentors for Renaissance Opera held by my friend Debbie Wong and um we we were in, involved with mentoring through a group of people whose task was to reinvent the opera so you know we take the old tropes you know like the the singing the 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 latin the you know the things that maybe some of us don't find as important or even as significant or that a little bit um traditional for us and we take it and we like take it streaming into the 21st century and then you know be, people added things like oh opera in using spectacles or ar chat vr chat or vr um somebody put like uh what did they put um volumetric capture in vr chat and created an art of that that was just ridiculously mm -hmm. amazing Great. yeah wow. Oh, and yeah. then the other thing that's coming up this weekend is I'm also involved in um, empathy building, an empathy workshop, which uh, which is I'm using um, kind of um, role playing games to help kids and learn how to empathize with each other because that's that's something that we really kind of really need during this time. Like how to be nice to each other, how do you empathize, like what are emotions, what are feelings, all of these things that we we, we kind of lost touch with you know during all of this time and a lot of people have been like really angry <laughs> and mm -hmm. so the first time i actually um had i i had i i think i i i did it like two years ago and I, what i noticed was like a lot of people i said to them name a couple of emotions what did i get i got angry mad hungry you know you know sad i'm like oh okay that's some mm -hmm. but what about mm -hmm. You know, Johnny, name an emotion. Like, name something else about, like that. About ennui. That's that's huge. That's a huge emotion, <laughs> right? That's thank you for ennuying. Hey. Um, <laughs> well, you know, no, only you would. Think. <laughs> I was trying yeah, to do with the French Canadian thing again. <laughs> yeah, you did. But I mean, like, how about like curious? How about melancholy? You know, how about perplexed? How about? Um, you know, what about all that range of emotion that makes us who we are as human beings? And if you're able to identify them, then we're able to connect with ourselves, with other people. And then we get to learn how to be nice just by learning how to empathize. Da -da -da -da, VR, empathy, woohoo, again. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm curious, you know, all these workshops you're doing, it sounds like you're getting your name out there. How do you find that people get to know your work? Is it through the festivals? Is it through workshops that you set up how do you find that that works yeah um i think 
in the beginning, well, I've been doing this for two years straight, right? So I've been doing a lot of VR and first I'm really shy. Like me, a lot of people don't, don't notice that. I don't realize that. So I, I'm not one of those persons who, who's kind of like, Oh, look at all my work. Look at this, look at that. So I'm really grateful that people have seen it and they're like, Holy Jesus, this is amazing. Or, um, they've come into my world and said, and you know, who did this? This, this we didn't know this could be done. And so it, it you, you know what you, people, you let your work speak for yourself. And then, um, you bring in friends like Johnny <laughs> and, and others who, who, who maybe have been, um, affected by what you've done. And maybe you've done, maybe you put a little bit of good in this world. That's all. Absolutely. Amazing. So if anyone has any comment or question, please do use the raise hand option. Otherwise, you're going to jump to, uh, speaking of uh, me connecting with your work, we're going to get into the one that I first saw and I first traveled through, which was the one from Burning Man, uh, the one here in Altspace. And I think you call it Sinisteria and Shriek. Is that, am I getting that right? Yeah, it's Sinisteria and Shriek. It was uh, yeah. craziness, right? Yeah. 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 And I, I reason. The reason I was so struck by it is that it was it was so completely unique and different from everything else in here. There's not much stuff done in Tilt Brush. And the way that you were using, first of all, Tilt Brush, but then the layers of the, the narrative, and then you go to like a mirror and you put something on, and then you could travel to the next part of sort of chapter, I guess you'd call it. And then, mm -hmm. um, and, and so that was a part of it. it was I, I, I really felt like I was being drawn through a story, which... Um, is, is a challenge in, in a three-dimensional space because really we have so much freedom as a, a user or an experiencer, it, it may not mm -hmm. follow what you intended. That was one thing. Um, and then the second is cool. just the, the visceral emotion. Um, you were just talking about emotions. Well, you certainly feel uh, the, the visceral nature where this character is looming over top of you um, and they've got this terrifying uh, face, uh, you know, um, <laughs> It's, it's really, uh, it was really interesting. So uh, those are the things that really struck me and, and left a uh, resonant uh, impact on me. So thank you for, for that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. I'm going to give you a heart right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so maybe you could talk to what, it, what was this one about and, um, and how did you come up with it? Um, so I, I guess a lot of things... I mean, if you if you look at a lot of artists' works, you know, from the classical to impressionism to you know all the isms, you notice that a lot of people are investigating the world around them and responding and reacting to the things that are happening. And this occurred during, I believe, the Capitol riots mm -hmm. in Washington, and it was a really dark time because you know, you know, we're Canadians, right? Like, you know, we we hear about the media and you know we, we went we all experienced like many years of president trump and you know was a little bit confused with what was going on when the capital incident happened and so you know i i felt confused and scared right and and i think a lot of shared a lot of the emotions many people um shared and exposed and so i created this creature and it represented I think it represented us or, or it represented all the inner emotions that were happening during that time. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it was a tough one and I'm glad everything turned out. Um, okay. -ish. <laughs> <laughs> 
So far, so um, and, and so how do you, what are the, how are the ways that you draw somebody into a 3D space and draw us uh, from one chapter to the next? Uh, do, have you found mm -hmm. techniques that help? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're right. Storytelling is really key. And, you know, being able to um, have, I, I've divided my world into um, onboarding zones. So, you know, you, there's so much to say with respect to the art direction, but being able to to analyze and dissect everything that you add to your world that gives each particular area a function, I think that's really important. Uh, for example, like if you're onboarding and you need to learn new instructions, well, you first thing you do is onboard. People are confused, right? They don't know what they're they're doing. They don't even know where they are. Um, so you can take advantage of that feeling of disorientation. So you can one, clarify how they feel by adding signs and instructions. And another thing is you can keep them in suspended belief where they don't know what they're doing, but you're, but you're using that sense of, I'm not sure where I am. And then you're keeping that resonant within um, your audience and then moving them through and then opening up your world, surprising them bit by bit, you know, not giving them everything, not give, not being able, not saying, hey, just go fly around, but slowly, 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 uh, little steps of onboarding really help. It's kind of like filmmaking, right? That's you don't just mm -hmm. show everything all at once. Everything happens mm -hmm. with a with the hero's journey in mind. So that there's a climax and then you come back, you answer all the really superlative questions, and then you basically end with a call to action. So, you know, do this, do that, because people need to have a sense of context. What do I do in here? And that's what I do. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And I I think actually the next one, uh, which I think is the Awaken the Giants one. Actually, I think this is the one that I was in, now that I think about it. This is the one that has the, the right? There's, they're similar, but uh, this one is, tell us about Awaken the Giants, because this is one of your magnum opuses so far. I, you've got many more to come, but uh, this is uh, maybe the highest mountain here. Uh, well, there, I mean, you know, I think the part that not a lot of people know when they enter that world, you know, we, we had, um, I know Othello was there. We had like DJ Illuminati come in, right? And she played. Were you guys there? Were you guys, some of you guys there? And that, was, that was fun, right? We had like over 500 people. I already thought we'd get like 54 people. And then I looked at my thing and we're like, oh my God, there are like more than 500 people in here. It's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. And, and I think I didn't tell anybody, but later on, part of the narration was like, I, we hit words in here, you know? Um, that had to do with what was the essence of humanity, you know, and you people would find them in the heads. It would be like freedom and what else? Uh, collaboration and, and what else? Um, hmm. Anybody? Anyone? <laughs> I can't mm -hmm. hardly remember. Yeah. And then it kind of, you know, the story kind of got larger and, and bigger until we said, well, what? And then sacrifice, right? And then, um, what word encompasses all of these words, you know, and, and people gave, gave everybody a chance to, to talk. People like sharing community, uh, hope, uh-huh, good, sort of faith. Yeah, I'm getting there. But the top one, the hierarchy, the top one at the very top that you see there, see that? 
was love. Love, love above all else, above everything is love. And that enables, you know, people to understand the world and people to understand understand themselves and be able to, um, you know, reflect. And when, when you, it's like a movie, when you, when your world is encourages people to actually reflect and to connect with each other and to listen to each other that's a positive so that's what this world is all about one flame one love one connection point amazing um and you talked about community i'm wondering did you have help with uh, putting this into a virtual world so you painted in tilt brush is there a, t a team involved or are you solo i painted this entire thing in tilt brush it took me like two weeks. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, that was really fast. I'm really, actually really, really fast at it. And my partner, Nicholas Liang, he's, uh, he just graduated from university, but as far as I know, he's a complete genius at shaders and all sorts of different things. And so he's my friend and we did it together. We started with the Christmas Jingleville. That was our first prototype. You know, it's so amazing. A lot of people really loved it. Hit all the film festivals. And then this one came up and I think we managed to blow people. We blew ourselves away, but I, I think it blew a lot of people away. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's so unique and so, uh, so interesting. Oh, so Cornelius, uh, we have, has something to say here. Hello, Cornelius. Oh, just, just want to congratulate you with this world. It was so amazing to be, to be there. It's incredible. It's just Really sad that it's no no more after the update. It was one of my my favorite 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 posts. Thank you very much for doing that. Thank you. Yeah, that's so heartwarming. And uh, we had people come up to us and said they were saying um, things like, you know, first, how the hell did you think about this stuff? <laughs> and <laughs> and second was like this epitomized Burning Man for us. So you know mm. that was insane to hear something like that. So thank you. That means a lot to us. Yeah, yeah it was sort of a, it was sort of a, a three-dimensional spiritual journey through this abstract space with different emotions and all that. It was really, really fascinating. Um, and yeah, it's, it, we're going to tour through there tonight. Unfortunately, that darn update uh, killed it. But hopefully you'll get it re-uploaded. That's the, that's the hope. Um, well, the, well, Jimmy really helped us a lot. Jimmy from Microsoft, which I have to shout out to Jimmy and Nira and like, you know, um, Andy Fidel, so many people on the team who really supported us. And um, we actually have it on 360. that You can, you know, check it out on your smartphones. And uh, it's still there, except in 360 WebXR format, which just pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, you know what, cool. if if December is coming and we're going to try to put it up. And once we do, we'll just let you know. And, and then we'll all go back in there and have a big party. <laughs> Yay. Absolutely. Sounds great. <laughs> Definitely looking forward to that. Okay. So that one uh, probably is the, is your most uh, popular one or most well-known. And then I thought that we have one more here that we would end on. Only fitting Yay. that we end on Remembrance Day, be, today being November 11th, which is Veterans Day in America and Veterans Yay. Remembrance Day in Canada. And you have a, a three-dimensional picture wow. uh, representing the um, day. So tell us a little bit about this one. Uh, it's, it's, you know what? Um, yeah, this was deeply meaningful. I mean, all those little red dots and... Remembrance Day is is a 
it's it's really hard because I mean, um, so I come from Malaysia, you know, and we experienced colonialism over there. And a lot of my friends and a lot of people whom we met here in alt space, you know, we all have different histories and backgrounds. And, you know, our mothers and father, grandfather, you know, our, our family somehow, all of us, every one of us have tales to tell, you know, about the war and how we had to live. And well, maybe not me, but, you know, how they had to live and what they had to do to, um, the sacrifices they made to thwart evil, you know, and we're doing this every single day. And so Remembrance Day for me is not just one day. It's every day when we have to, you know, deep, like dig deep to find the courage to deal with the things that we're all dealing with. And so it's a very unifying factor. It's not just one day of sacrifice for me. We're all sacrificing, but that sacrifice on a really huge level um, it means a lot because we have to continue to fight that fight in our democracy in order to keep the peace and, and to, you know, we've got to wage war against war. Um, it's important. That's why. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. Well, that Thanks. Is a, it's a really very important. Very yeah. It's a very touching photo. I love the way that it sort of, sort of, it starts off very crisp at the top and then it blends into the earth. It's sort of, um, just it has a very nice aura to it. It's, there's definitely an emotion that is conveyed there. Um, and so I hope all of these 3D tilt brush arts that you have are able to be experienced by an audience at some point because they're all so um, heartfelt and so meaningful. And I uh, really appreciate that. Um, Thanks. I didn't expect well, you to put that, but that's but that's what I mean, right? And like, I mean, we're we're so lucky to live in Canada, you know, and and to meet so many people around the world and to have that this experience in the metaverse to connect and to really have these you know strong um authentic conversations so thank you thank you <laughs> absolutely well if anyone has any final thoughts or questions uh for slash uh slash uh, mango or jewels or juliet whichever <laughs> name you want to call it this is your last chance uh, <laughs> go uh, before you, you came on today, you were talking that you, for the last couple of months, you've just been totally immersed in, in VR. So I guess that's, uh, the, the last final question would be what's uh, next for you. What are you working on now and what are you excited about? Uh, I'm generally speaking, I can't say much, but I'm working on, um, gaming and, uh, working in some areas where there's world building and doing a heck of a lot of, oh, I don't know, educating, I believe, and a fair amount of art direction and creative direction. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of different things. But, I mean, that's also, like, I mean, I really wanted to stress to not just you and the audience too, but there's, it's never late. Like, and a lot of people think, oh, it's too late for me to get in and blah, 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 blah. Like, mm -hmm. no, it's not. <laughs> no, mm -hmm. no. You can start anywhere, anytime, any place. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It just doesn't. Uh, it almost seems that this area is the greatest equalizer. And it's because it requires everybody and anybody who has um, particular skills that you can contribute. Yeah, very, very well said. Absolutely. Well, um, I wanted to, to say one more time, Splash Monkey, I'm so glad, Mango. I'm so glad you could make it on here. I'm so glad you could come tonight. 
I uh, really do appreciate yeah. it. And, um, and just hearing about all the depth to your art uh, brings a whole new uh, appreciation for it. So I really do um, appreciate that. And thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for so, thanks for parting with me in here. <laughs> yeah. So, how can people good. get in touch with you if they want to hire you to build a wonderful 3D experience for them? Uh, they can connect with me on julianalo.ca, Canadian, Canadian. Um, yeah. If you want to, or if you see me around, like I think I've seen a lot of you around, just come on over and say hi. Yeah. And uh, oh, and, and Instagram, we, we they we, they can follow both of us, Johnny. You can do that too. There you go. How about that? Okay. Can we do that. Great. <laughs> on Instagram, are you Splash Mango or are you Julian Lowe? I can't remember. Oh, uh, on my Instagram, I'm Splash Mango, and and on my Twitter, I'm on I'm Splash Mango. So I could be Splash Mango to you, all of you. <laughs> Great. Perfect. All right. Well, no one go anywhere. We're gonna. I'm gonna take off the stage blocker in just a second. We'll get up here and everyone uh, picture together. Uh, but before that, thank you for teleporting in to this broadcast of Simulation Nation. You're in virtual reality, listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcast, watching in glorious Technicolor on YouTube. Uh, and remember to subscribe to our Instagram at the Simulation Nation, where you'll see all of these uh, slides. Twitter at Simulation VR and our Discord server. Join us next time for our interview with Styly Global, which is a company um, out of Japan. I think it's Tokyo, which is a social XR platform for artists and creators to world build in 3D. Till then, be plugged, my friends.